everything. There's, thank you. Well said, yeah. Ben. Thank you. Ditto. Thank you. <coughs> well done. Well done. Uh, so, Dustin, do you want to talk a little bit about what volunteering means to you? Volunteering means to me that it's whatever you can contribute. The value that you can bring to somebody, whether it be money and you can provide people housing, whether it be your time and you take time out of your time on the weekend to contribute different to different community efforts. I mean, MNG is a, a fantastic one on uh, volunteering. Um, you know, uh, it, it's just contributing whatever resources that you can. It doesn't always have to be a dollar figure to be able to contribute some way to add value to whatever the cause may be or to whatever the purpose may be. Yeah. What do you think about that? Very, very well put. I like the Perfect. question coming back too. I'm not, I'm not used to that. I am. Uh, I think that that is very, that is very good. Ditto. I agree. Ditto. Yeah, yeah ditto. I, I appreciate yeah, I think, that. I think that that's a, that's a very, very nice way to put it. That it's just, it can literally be anything. You're just yeah. giving your time or your money, um, and you're just helping. Absolutely. Um, whether it's your neighbor or a friend or another organization, um, you're doing good for for others. You get to meet yeah. some incredible people while you're doing it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, like the stories that you're going to hear from them. It's pretty cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah. And before uh, before we went, we started filming, we were talking, all of us, about uh, a recent um, kind of group that or thing that you did um, with one of your your apartments. Yep. Uh, uh, did you want to touch on that a little bit? A couple, I think we're going back uh, just before Trump was elected, so this was a better time. <laughs> and uh, I was working for a, a company, and they had uh, we had taken in a lot of Syrian refugees. Uh, this was right around the Syrian refugee crisis, so we had 9,000 uh, Syrians coming in from uh, into Canada, and they were all basically transplanted in Hamilton. Uh, for the most part, they were getting doors shut on them every every which direction. Landlords just simply didn't want to take them in. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we ended up doing was we brought them in. We had one building in particular. It had a very high vacancy rate. And we, in a sense, uh, the way I pitched it was we're capitalizing on the, the high vacancy. But also what we also did in return was provided a lot of families with homes. These are uh, new immigrants. These are hardworking people. And they just very appreciative of Canada as a nation, very happy to be here. All they needed was an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So we ha we housed over 50 families that's, you know, and the average household had, you know, three, four kids in some cases. And then from there, we also reached out to a lot of the uh, local organizations, Brothers and Sisters and YWCA and uh, the City of Hamilton to provide programs to get their kids actively involved in the community to essentially also even give back themselves um, and just make them more Canadian, integrate them into society, rather than just give them an apartment, lock the door and say, okay, best of luck. You know, yeah. we, we wanted to actually get them part of the community and, uh, and, and actively involved and, and become Canadian and learn skills, learn English. We set them up with work programs, all those, all those little things. Yeah, and yeah. that must have been, you just mentioned like the, teaching them English, like the yeah. language barriers must have been fairly, like that must have been a big part of uh, organizing all of that. Basically, it wasn't. Uh, we had refugees from pretty much all over the world come into the building, and as a result, I mean, we had as much, as many as like eight languages uh, spoken in the building from from different tenants. So we would have translators on standby to send uh, notices out. So we would say, oh, uh, the elevator is going to be shut down from one to four for maintenance, and then we'd go and send that to a translator who'd give their, uh, who'd write it up in a different language, and you'd walk down the hallway and you'd see it in English and French and Arabic and, and all the different languages in, in the hallway, so just so that everyone could understand what was going on in the building. And then when they came into the building, because we couldn't have translators on site all times, uh, we had a big board on the side that was basically animated pictures of everything that could possibly go wrong in a unit. <laughs> so we'd have like a little bug uh, for pest control and yeah. a leaky tap for a leaky tap, very obvious. And, uh, and, and so basically they would just go up to the board and point at what they needed. And then uh, that's how we figured out how we completed work orders mm -hmm. uh, up until they started to learn. And as time goes on, it was actually really interesting to see how every time they came back, they could do a little bit more speaking, uh, speaking English. They were like, oh, uh, tap. Uh, when before they couldn't even say that, you know, it was there was a lot of progress in in the in the couple months that followed, really cool. and it was really interesting to see. Yeah, that must have been so cool to see <laughs> that transition, and that's that's a huge to bring and to help 50 families um, and all their kids. 
kind of integrate into Canadian society. That's that must have been so cool to see them arrive and not be able to speak or speak very little English to yep. then be able to start actually being able to communicate with you. Are they still in there now? Yep. A lot of them are still there, and they're absolutely fantastic tenants. They're absolutely fantastic people. Mm -hmm. They're um, respecting the building. They're respecting the their homes. They're keeping them clean. They're uh, really just great people overall. I, I can't be can't be happier. Yeah. Mm. So a lot of property owners missed out on some pretty amazing tenants. A lot of property tenants. owners missed out on some really yeah. great tenants. Mm -hmm. I, to be honest, I think it was great. Uh, great thing that we did and to be honest rent's still coming in the priorities are still taken care of um and you've you've given someone their first opportunity it's their first rental experience and uh, i think we did a very positive one um yeah that's incredible so nice and before we kind of continue and get into what you do with unlimited Res residential we're going to jump over to uh, dustin and talk to you about uh, rome transportation group and what you do there absolutely yeah. well uh very simply we're a transportation group so uh, we move everything by truck rail ocean and air so all over the world whether it be within the nafta region specifically speaking canada u.s mexico uh, anywhere into europe Asia. I'm sorry, unfortunately, Dustin, we are going to, we're just being told that we've got 15 seconds left before Absolutely. we break. Uh, so enjoy the break, and we'll be right back, and we'll get uh, Dustin to, to restart. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Rogers Anyplace TV. Enjoy exclusive content for free. Visit RogersAnyplaceTV.com. The OHL playoffs on Rogers TV. Behind every crazy, beautiful wedding... Do you like it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ...is a crazy, beautiful love story. It took a while to convince her, I think, to go out with me. Larry was my customer for many years. Go for coffee and find a wife. Yes. <laughs> I went to a bowling alley and there she was. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we were like the perfect match. It was meant to be. I guess it really was, wasn't it? Crazy, beautiful weddings. A new original series. New episodes Tuesdays at 9. Only on Makeful. I'm Constable Daryl Paquette, Police Coordinator for Waterloo Regional Crime Stoppers. Crime Stoppers is looking for your information to help identify and arrest the person responsible for this incident. Waterloo Regional Police are requesting the public's assistance in identifying a suspicious male who is reported to be looking into a private residence on Glamis Road in Cambridge around 10.15 p.m. on February 14, 2018. The suspect is described as a white male between 20 to 30 years old and unshaven. He was dressed in a dark winter jacket with a fur-trimmed hood. Crime Stoppers will pay cash reward for any information leading to an arrest in this incident or any other serious crime. You won't be asked to identify yourself or testify in court. Leave a tip with Crime Stoppers in one of three convenient ways. The toll-free number of 1-800-222-TIPS, a secure anonymous tip online at waterloocrimestoppers.ca, or by mobile phone at p3tips.com. Welcome back to Think Millennial. Um, we before we went to break there, we kind of just introduced uh, Dustin and Rome Transportation Group, Rudely and then you like immediately, immediately <laughs> got uh, cut off. So why don't you uh, restart what you were? You're about to say. I love yeah. that because that just created suspense for us to yeah. come back here to start where we <laughs> left Some off. NAFTA. What about NAFTA? <laughs> so what we do at Rome Transportation is we take the most complex problem on taking any commodity, product, equipment, whatever you can think of, and providing a solution to move it by truck, rail, ocean, or air. Mm -hmm. So if you have something anywhere in the world, depends where in the world, as long as it's not sanctioned, um, we can bring it oh, in, I we can it. import it, <laughs> we can export it, and uh, we provide solutions based on that. Nice, nice. So do you want to tell, talk to you a little bit about 
um, just your experience in logistics and supply chain? Absolutely, so my experience in uh, logistics and supply chain is uh, very diverse. Um, mm. we've, I've, like I said, I've worked in all four modes of transportation. Yeah. Um, I won't say no names, but I work, I've worked with uh, multi-billion dollar conglomerates on solving some of their most uh, challenging aspects on every component of the supply chain. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a very interesting uh, career. Um, How'd you get involved in it? It was uh, very interesting. I, I started off in uh, insurance restoration. I did that for about five years. So I work with um, specialty hazmat and things like that. So um, it was always you know, dealing with moving equipment and everything in, in a catastrophe. So there was always logistics um, that was associated with that. So I always found it was very interesting that whenever a disaster might happen, specifically say like the Brantford floods, on how quickly we need to mobilize to be able to provide solutions really quickly on coordinating all of those things, whether it be labor and materials to, you know, making those things blend together to make sure that you do it correctly mm -hmm. and you can be able to accommodate uh, the things that are happening. Hmm. So then you had that, you had some experience with that. Yes. And then how did you get more involved with this company? And then. I really liked real estate, and uh, I started off with uh, two other companies, um, and uh, they were uh, a billion-dollar company based out of the States. They were just starting to expand into Canada. Um, I found an opportunity. A friend of mine introduced me. Um, it was great. Uh, I had uh, the background to be able to deal with the people and things like that, so um, I started off uh, like that, and it just kind of snowballed cool. from there. Yeah. Really cool. So how, like with technology must be changing the logistics and supply chain industry just so much, like just how simple it is and how fast data is transferred. Absolutely. What are some of the ways and some of the cool, exciting things that are coming up um, that you've, you've uh, seen? Technology is a very, very interesting subject because here's an example is all of the states have just been implemented what's called an ELD, which is an electronic logging device. So for the past, you know, say 40 or 50 years, if you're a truck driver or an owner operator, you've been having to log your hours on duty, which means for how many hours during the day you're legally allowed to drive. Mm -hmm. So before it would always be done on paper, but now it's been mandated and it's enforced to have an electronic logging device so it does it for you. And with that being said, if you have an example where if, you know, say you're a truck driver and you wake up in the morning, you kiss your family goodbye, and you know what, you're getting ready to go pick up a $150,000 excavator. It needs to be picked up at a certain time, so you know, you're driving, say, from Mississauga, or you're driving, say, from Brantford to Mississauga. Yeah. Traffic might be a little delayed and stuff in the mornings. You need to get ready to go pick that up, and then that needs to go to the port of New Jersey because it's being exported to another final destination. So if you get stuck in traffic, you're logging those hours, so your 11 hours on duty is gonna be very limited to the amount of time that you have to be able to make your deadline. Mm -hmm. So with that being in place, you know, it, it minimizes the amount of time uh, drivers can be driving on duty anymore. Um, so if you have a ship that's getting ready to leave and you're stuck in Mississauga traffic and you're required to be pulled over because of your ELD hours, well, that prevents uh, you making that deadline. So then once yeah. that ship leaves, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. um, and also with technology, um, it's uh, it's very it's very very advanced. You could talk about automation with uh, you know big companies that are taking warehousing, and maybe you have uh, a lot of people that are used for staffing it. Mm -hmm. But now everything's becoming automated, where they use a lot of robotics, especially in uh, say say grow houses that they use for growing food. Mm -hmm. A lot of it will be automated from the time that they pick and pack it to the time that they ship it to a retailer. So wow. automation and all the data that they have with it is uh, transforming our industry very fast to be able to make decisions quicker and also get things to the final destination quicker. Mm -hmm. hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, because it's kind of like what Canadian Tire does too, and has for a while in Toronto, right? They got all their stuff. It's all ro robots inside Absolutely. there, and you place your order, and it's done. Hmm. Cool. Almost like e-commerce. Yeah. yeah.
One of the questions that I, what are some of the challenges that you face? I mean, like you just mentioned one now with the ELDs, so it's it's limiting people to be able to make their deadlines. Yep. So there's a lot more, I mean, the, the strategy was probably there before, but now now you're, you're, I guess you're battling as a truck driver, you're battling with that clock that is on your dash or wherever it is. Absolutely. Um, what are some of the other challenges that you, you face in your industry? Well, some of the challenges is if you have multi-coordination of projects. So let's use an example where, you know, um, you could be down at the port of Miami and you could be flying in a plane from a certain country and you know what you charter that plane it has to fly within 24 hours yeah. so then you got to coordinate with local government agencies that maybe need to sign off for specific clearances in order to be able to import that into the country so when you have truck drivers or owner operators that are down waiting for that how how do you coordinate effectively on being able to bring that airplane into the tarmac, have it unloaded quickly enough, make sure that it's safe to enter in the country, be reloaded onto the uh, to the truck or the trailer, and being able to go for final destination. Mm -hmm. So being able to coordinate all of those complex things and working with multiple parties and keeping communication open uh, is very key. Mm -hmm. Because for an example, if that plane, say one of the uh, government uh, departments rejects it. What happens then when you have to fly in another plane and it costs you $150,000? Yeah. So you have a truck sitting there for four or five days. What about if his family just passed away? Mm -hmm. How do you do that? How do you coordinate more people to be able to, you know, rearrange a tractor and move it somewhere else so then that way they can go be with their family and then have somebody still meet that deadline so then that way we get to sit here and enjoy our coffee or our water. Exactly, and we gotta go to the next break. Absolutely. We'll keep that thought going when we get back Sounds uh, great. Right after these messages. Painting. Those wacky improv artists are back. Peter oh no! on the Edge on Rogers TV. Two full-time moms on a mission to talk about everything parents deal with on a daily basis. Okay, so what do you do when your child has a meltdown? It's Vanessa and Melissa. St. John Ambulance, we're all about community. We teach life-saving skills and provide community support through our volunteer services. All St. John Ambulance product sales and training registrations support these important services. Volunteer, donate, or enroll in a program today so we can continue to have an impact on our community. Visit sja.ca to learn more. At St. John Ambulance, we do more than save lives, we change lives. Behold Emily Carr, painter, about to encounter the force that will consume her life. How tightly they sealed their secrets from me, humble and pleading before the great trees, awaiting the invitation from the spirit to come meet me halfway. Nothing is still now, everything is alive. At last, I knew I must see through the eye of the totem itself. The mythic eye of the forest. Seldom able to live by her brush, before she died in 1945, Emily Carr was in the first rank of Canadian painters. This is my country. What I want to express is here and I love it. Amen. Welcome back to Think Millennial. Um, uh, it's been a great show so far. Uh, we're joined by Dustin and also Adam. So both, thank you very much for being here. Um, <laughs> we're moving really quick today. We're moving really quick today. No, no breaks. We're running us hard here. Um, Dustin, do you want to continue on the, the thought before we went to break? Um, I think we we're kind of just getting into a little bit more of like the human aspect of working with the, like I guess what would be the, the, the truck drivers mainly um, would probably be the biggest thing because the other industries working on like the trains have a lot more people involved in that than, or flying a jet or anything. I'm trying to 
think. I don't know. <laughs> but, there's yeah. people there too. Yeah, yeah, there's people there too. Yeah. <laughs> there's no people humans, associated yeah. at every every component of it. It's it's so complex on being able to just streamline the communication and keep that open to everybody and to make sure that you want to minimize the risk on the end user or the mm -hmm. end buyer because you know there's there's so many different examples. You could have an example where, you know, say maybe you go down to a certain port in uh, the States and you pick up, you know, and a piece of equipment that was 150,000 pounds and you get it all loaded up and you're already strapped and you're ready to go, but then you come outside the port and then they close that maybe three or four o'clock just to figure out that, hey, it's overweight. Now you can't drive. Maybe that needs to be used for an infrastructure project for somewhere in northern Ontario, could be in Quebec or anything like that. So then you have 10, 20, 30, or 40 people that are waiting for that piece of equipment, and now you can't get back in to reshift the load, so you have to be able to come up with a solution, but you're also limited because now your ELD saying that you can only drive for an hour, mm -hmm. but you're not allowed to drive because it's overweight, and if you go to try and drive overweight, well, you're driving illegally and no driver is going to do that. Yeah, I'd quit. That's that's <laughs> I quit. You know what? Done. <laughs> Can't <laughs> take my keys and I'm that's over why it. it's probably one of the most frustrating say, yeah. and most challenging careers to be in. Mm -hmm. Because to be able to, to balance that level of frustration that how do you deal with this mm -hmm. and how do you deal with it in a calm manner without just quitting. That's why we have such a not a high turnover rate, but that's why our big community partners and whether it's domestic or globally are very are pushing for driver to be able to bring new people into transportation because there's such a driver shortage because of reasons like that mm -hmm. things that are beyond control maybe things that are beyond forecasting no matter how much detailed business intelligence that you have to try and stop those things from happening mm -hmm. well yeah and i think that that's something like a lot of truck drivers get a bad rap just be they're like they're massive vehicles out on the road but I think the majority of the time you see those like where there's accidents or stuff the majority of time it's it's pedestrians driving or, it's not or a car or a car yeah yeah, yeah. it's not Could pedestrians jump in front yeah. of trucks <laughs> it's always pedestrians driving yeah 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 exactly <laughs> but it's very interesting yeah. that you bring that up yeah may I say one more thing about yeah. that yeah. specifically let's let's use two scenarios you have a big tractor trailer that's just a dry box you know might have skids in it could have coffee, could have coffee mugs, could have clothes in it. Mm -hmm. That's 40,000 pounds going down the highway. You know, he's probably got load bars. He should have load bars or her. They have load bars within that safe and secure. So you know what? That's a heavy load to be able to hit the brakes when somebody just cuts over because maybe they're texting on their phone or they're reading or doing things that could be uh, revolved around with uh, distracted driving. But then you have somebody who's carrying 100,000 pounds of liquid. When they slam on those brakes, there's going to be a, a different impact for when they stop because that liquid has um, very monumental force that it pushes mm -hmm. back so then that way it, it's very dangerous you know just stop distracted driving yeah. allow them to get over yeah. and, and accommodate them mm -hmm. you know people th they may seem like they're frustrated but can you imagine being away from your family for weeks on end and you're just trying to meet, make your delivery because yeah. we want to sit here and we want to enjoy the clothes that we're wearing because they want to be able to get it to the retailer um, or whether it's the food that you're eating, you don't know what they have in the truck. Yeah. So just be a little patient and, and allow them to, you know, mm -hmm. be patient with them. They yeah. appreciate those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's neat to think, you and I were talking about that before, it's neat to think like you grab a, you have a mug of coffee. And I'm how did sponsored. that, how, how far, <laughs> yeah, how long did it take for that coffee to move from wherever it came from? How Absolutely. long I watched them just pour it? Oh, you watched them pour it just like that? Okay. I asked the lady and she, I gave her a dollar and because it was a dollar promotion for this unsponsored, I'm not going to say the brand, <laughs> yeah. but anyways, they're doing a dollar promotion for coffee now and it's great. And uh, she just poured it in there and I gave her a dollar and it was that simple. Oh, it that was that simple. Long. Like, it was, it's like, long there was no okay. truck. I don't well, know what he's talking mind. about. Never mind. But there is a process there, right? Absolutely. And I think this is great that you actually brought it up because it raises awareness and maybe gives an appreciation maybe that we sometimes take for granted mm -hmm. um, you know we get to appreciate that you don't know say, say the farmer who actually farmed the beans of that coffee from the captain on the boat who drove that through waters of a could be through a hurricane we don't know maybe through the pilot who had to deliver it quickly because you know what they needed to make a deadline because that's a dollar you know what you don't want to take rain checks all yeah. the time so 
yeah. <laughs> if you have the dollar rain check as opposed to spending maybe three or four dollars on it, it gives us a deeper appreciation on actually knowing the origin on where it was. So then that way we can be here sitting on a comfy couch and enjoying yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. And my dad's a truck driver has Absolutely. for a long time, and I used to spend a lot of summers with him. I'd go in the truck, um, and I saw all the dummies that were on the road that were <laughs> causing the problems, were holding things up, or weren't paying attention, and that hurts everything because, yeah. like you said, you can't finish your delivery, Absolutely. and things get delayed, and then that it's a huge chain effect after that. Absolutely, Just get out of the way. Mm. I take if I had a hat on, I take my hat off to your dad, because in my personal opinion, maybe sometimes. Drivers may be undervalued mm. because they deserve just as much credit as anybody, whether it be first responders and things like that, because they work long hours, they oh, go yeah. above and beyond, and they deal with things that maybe we don't even have, we, don't, may, we may not even be aware of. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know personally exactly what it's like driving those long miles. I deal with them on a daily basis, and I will always may answer my phone 24-7 because I want to be able to sit here and drink that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I think. Yeah. And those those logging hours that you were just talking about, like the eleven hours, a lot of the truck drivers go over that. But it's not because they want to; it's because they have to. If they don't go over, they'll lose their job because they didn't make the load. Well, that's very interesting that you bring that up. That's the reason why ELDs are in place. That now that it's completely logged, it's actually I, b I believe it has a direct link to the Department of Transportation. So if you're maybe three or four miles from your delivery and your clock's out. What happens when now you have to pull off to the side of the highway? Imagine the backlog that that could create. Yeah. What mm -hmm. that problem is, I don't know yet because yeah. it's just still new. So we'll yeah. have to see. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, thank you very much, Dustin, but yeah. we're going to have to go to break now. Absolutely. And we'll be right back after these messages. Thank you. One word to describe the Jennifer Campbell show, it would be authentic. There's nothing that is said or covered that I don't bring as much truth to as I can. That I simply have never put up with it. I get up every morning and I want to come to work at 4 o'clock in the morning. And it's never lost on me that there are people who might not be feeling the same way. And maybe my job is to pick them up a little bit. And having local television really matters. I feel like even more a part of this community that I love so much. It's pretty exciting. It's a whole new world of Food Network On Demand. Now find more of what you want, mm, when you want it. Ooh. Watch even more of your favorite shows. Cheers! Catch up on all the latest episodes or binge full seasons. Amazing. <laughs> demand more excitement. Whoa. Demand more drama. Good, right? Demand more delicious ideas. It's so good. So, so good. Watch Food Network On Demand on Rogers Channel 100. All your favorite shows waiting for you. This is the place you want to visit. You know the story when the RCAF said Mach 2 fighter, two place, thousand mile range, the British said it was impossible. The Yanks tried twice and failed. They said, you're dreaming. We said, fine, we'll build it right here in Toronto. And now you guys, my guys, are saying that it can't be done, that they were right. Now that's the rocket that we used to get the model up to speed and then the onboard sensor tells them. Come on, baby. Damn it! But we did it according to your specs. The specs have changed. the project and destroyed the prototypes, the Avro Arrow remains for Canada a world benchmark in aerospace achievement. <laughs> Welcome back to Think Millennial. Um, this is <laughs> so funny. Nothing, man. <laughs> We're just telling jokes between. That between wasn't a joke. Sets. I was serious. Yeah, I know it was serious. <laughs> it was serious stuff. Um, but we're joined by Dustin and Adam. Uh, thank you both for being here with us today. Um, Adam, do you want to talk a little bit about Unlimited Residential and kind of what you do and what you? I got to read off the teleprompter, so. Yep, perfect. Just stare directly <laughs> into the just camera. Just stare directly <laughs> at the camera and the and the teleprompter <laughs> off to the side. Yeah. Um, basically, I'm uh, a landlord 
And you a property manager. So you missed your line. Uh, crap. Um, <laughs> let's let's roll the tape back. Yeah. Um, I'm a landlord and a property manager. I work with uh, amateur landlords new to the business uh, who are looking to invest in real estate. Maybe they're not quite sure of all of the legalities that come with it, and they just need some more guidance. Uh, so I take care of their properties, do the day-to-day -day maintenance, rent the apartments, all those sorts of things, and really protect their investment. The idea is that um, a lot of people see it on TV. They think, oh, being a landlord is easy. It's great. You know, uh, you renovate an apartment, you rent, you rent it for top dollar, and then you wash your hands, you're done. So then it's just TV. Keep, just keep and that's exactly up. that's yeah. exactly how yeah. it is, right? No. Uh, you collect oh. rent on the yeah. first and then the other twenty nine days of the month it just goes downhill from there. Mm. Uh, so if you don't know what you're doing, you can find yourself with a lot of uh, expense, you can find yourself renting to the wrong tenants and that can leave you with damaged units and, and all those sorts of things. So I am w working with landlords to help protect their investment. It's a very good, stable industry. If you invest in real estate, you know, you can you can pay down that asset and it'll it'll appreciate over time. It's it's a retirement fund for these people. Mm -hmm. We're not uh the landlords that I work for, they're not in, uh very wealthy people. They're just they they bought a house, they rent it out, and they're hoping that in 25 years it'll help them in their retirement. It's their it's mm -hmm. their pension fund, right? Yeah. Um and so that's basically what I do for them. Mm -hmm. Interesting. How'd you get involved in that? I grew up in the business uh, when I was like yay big, and I was yay big until I was like 16, and then just <laughs> grew <laughs> to about just li literally yeah. from there to there. And uh, <laughs> they, they, I'm sitting on a box, and uh, to make me taller. Yeah. And uh, got that. So <laughs> Tom Cruise looks down on me. Yeah. And uh, so I grew up in the business. My dad bought investment properties actually in Brantford, uh, probably 10, 15 years ago. And I just grew up in that business. So from there, I fell in love with real estate. And I figured, OK, this is, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my, uh, my days. And uh, so I was there when we were standing at a foot of sewage because the, the sewer backed up in the basement. I was there when uh, the tenants didn't pay rent. We had to evict them. I was there when we showed apartments. I was there to sweep the floors, everything. Um, really the grunt, uh, the, the rough stuff, I was there for and I learned the business from the ground up. Yeah. Which to be honest is the right way to run a business is to know what it's like to be on the front lines all the way up to the top. You can't run a business up here and not know what your front lines are doing. You need to be able to support um, and you can't ask someone to do something if you can't do it yourself right. or not willing to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I learned the business is from the bottom up. Right. Well. And that's that's cool too because you having that that experience that's what you're able to offer your clients because you're able to say that you know all of that all of the the bad side it's not always sunshine and rainbows and they might buy a house and think I'm going to rent this just like they saw on TV and then you're able to say well here I can actually I'll help you with all of the the bad side of doing that and make sure that it's as easy as possible for them exactly um, real estate is a full-time business you've got tenants who are living in those units 24 hours a day it's not like a nine-to-five where everyone goes home um, so at the end of the day taps will leak uh, floods will happen you know all these types of things and they happen at all times of night so if you're gonna be a landlord you've got to also be prepared to lose sleep or get those midnight phone calls and all those little things that we really don't account for when you first buy your first, it's all like shiny lights and big profits and then you realize, oh, there's, there's more to it. And so once that, that kind of hits them, then they seek out guys like me. And so I tell them, I'll protect your investment. You go back to doing what your, your full-time job is and spend that time with your family and I'll protect your investment, make sure it's, it's, it's taken care of, the, the leaky tap, the screaming tenants, the, the maintenance work orders, the, the court cases, all that sort of stuff. That is really not expected when you know y when you first buy that initial property. Mm -hmm. What kind of properties are you dealing with? Is it homes? Is it fourplexes, eightplexes, apartments? So I work with uh, small landlords, and the average uh, size of their properties is like four or five units in a particular home. I p I personally like the converted homes. You find, especially in Brantford, you've got these really nice old heritage homes, and they're them. converted into uh, apartments, and they do really nice. You've got the original wood, you've got the trim, and the, like, the second floor apartment has a nice staircase that leads up to the, from the original it's grand home. I've been to your house. And so that's, I like those types of properties because yeah. um, 
when you get the right tenant, they also kind of appreciate it too. It's not a cookie cutter. It's not like um, all the apartments look exactly the same. It's, it's, it's everyone is unique and it's each got its own little character. And those are the kinds of properties that my investors are buying as well. It's a converted home of you know, two, three, four units at most. Um, and they've got a small little portfolio, maybe three or four of them that just give them a little bit more um, spending money at the end of the day. And that's kind of what my clients are buying. Nice. Um, we've got a minute 45 before we go to the next break. Um, I think you've covered, are there any other challenges that you see, like that maybe if somebody's thinking about getting into um, that, like taking that jump and purchasing a house to rent out, now you probably got like a minute left because I took so much time, but. It's true, he did. <laughs> so basically, if you're gonna go into real estate, you have to remember that with real estate or any small business, a small business is like a baby. You have to watch it, you have to take, uh, take care of it and not take your eyes off it for a second. Um, are we up to a minute yet? No, we still got some time. All right, hold on. <laughs> um, and we can elaborate on that point yeah, after the break. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, no, I mean, this is this is really good. We'll just kind of keep. Do you have a lot of investors that are still looking for properties? All the time, all the time. Yep. Um, there's uh, a huge market right now, and the market's just exploding. So people are actually overpaying for property. Uh, so it really helps if you have a property manager who's looking at uh, looking at your best interest because I go through these properties and I can say, no, you know what, this one's a bit overpriced. We shouldn't be paying that much for this particular property. Or this one over here, we can, we can reposition, we can get some good rents out of this. You know, all those types of things you need to look at when you're going out to buy a property. So if you don't know what you're doing, you can find yourself buying the wrong property and overpaying for it, and there's no worse feeling than overpaying for something. Right, and um, we'll continue that thought right after this break. Uh, so enjoy the commercials, and we'll be right back. Entrepreneurs share their stories of success and challenges in small business. Or even if I need more of a virtual kind of presence. The Small Business Show on Rogers TV. The OHL Playoffs on Rogers TV. Your mouth can do a lot of amazing things. And your mouth can save a life. Hi, I'm Tom Wong. I'm just one of close to 1,000 Canadians in search of a stem cell match. We need your help. A simple swab is all you need to register on the National Stem Cell Database. You could be the one to save a life. Find the hero in you. down with that thing. Mr. Blake. Jacques. What? They're coming. Hold them up. Find something. Jacques, I'm telling you for the last okay. time. Are the Canadians finished? Plan coming back on the hey, ice. Come on, come on. Give us something. Please, please, how many stitches? Gentlemen, please. Go. Go. Hey, come on. on November 1st, 1959, Jacques Plant of the Montreal Canadiens broke with tradition. You're a brave man, Mr. Plant, standing up to him like that and changed the face of hockey forever. Welcome back to Think Millennial. That was an enjoyable break. Did you guys enjoy that break? I had a bit of a nap. You had a bit of a nap? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. You just kind of dozed off there for a second and bounced right back. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I keep going. Yeah. It's a 24-hour business, so yeah. I don't get to sleep. <laughs> That's have dedication. You seen the, yeah. Have you seen the bags under my eyes and the side profile? You don't want to... You don't All of a sudden, you just yeah. disappear for a second. Yeah. You're back. You're good. I'm good. I'm ready to go. Yeah, just All jump right. right back into the conversation. Absolutely. You know, let's, uh, let's keep going. Yeah. 
Um, so, yeah, we're joined today uh, by Dustin and yeah. Adam. So, again, thank you for joining us. I'm Dustin. Thank Adam. you for having us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. This is fantastic. Uh, yeah. It's all in the moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is Dustin and Adam. I'm not yeah. Dustin Adam, though. Dustin Adam? Dustin Adam. <laughs> Sounds like a good name. Hey, that could be a new series. Yeah. Who knows? Different kind of show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we went to break, <laughs> we were talking, Adam, and we were talking about um, just some of the challenges or some tips that you could offer to people trying to get into um, purchasing their first maybe investment property and just some of the things like when would be the best time to get you involved? Probably right away would be. If you're looking at buying an investment property, uh, first thing you need to do is your homework, of course. With any business, a lot of people think, oh, real estate, Pff, I can just I can just buy a house. Like, you know, bank's willing to give me money. I'm just going to buy a property and suddenly know what I'm doing. But you wouldn't do that if you went into the clothing industry or any other industry. You would do your homework. You'd do your research, like learn the Residential Tenancies Act. There's a lot of things in there that if you don't know, it's going to take, uh, they're going to take you for a ride. They're going to take advantage of you. Um, so know your business. Know your industry. Know what you're getting into. Um, and then understand that this is a very time-consuming business. It's not... Like I said, you're not just going to get a property rented out and then go on vacations for the rest of your your day. Um, rent doesn't automatically get deposited into your account on the first, despite what we would like. Mm -hmm. uh, you, sometimes you got to go fight for your money. Um, so when that's that's the first thing is don't go in thinking this is gravy. Uh, don't think that you're just going to automatically find great tenants and be successful. Uh, the, actually, the, the number one thing I say to people is if you want to get into real estate, if you want to get into income investing, and you already own a home, rent out your basement. Rent it out for like a year mm -hmm. to students or uh, just some, someone. And at the end of that year, if you could stand having someone in your basement, you could probably stand being a landlord. Mm -hmm. if, you got, if they drove you nuts and you were like, I don't want to deal with this anymore, I guess the real estate industry isn't really for you. Yeah. Um, but if you are also thinking about doing this and uh, perhaps you don't have the time to commit or you don't have the experience but you want to invest in something tangible rather than, like, say, a stock, then reach out to a guy like me who's a property manager who can help walk you through the process of buying the right property, finding that right property, uh, getting the best value for your dollar, and also then protect that said investment as well. For me, it's all about... Uh, removing as many variables into the uh, equation as possible. Things like uh, heat, hydro, and water are all very big variables that, uh, that can affect your operating expenses. Mm -hmm. So all of my apartments typically, uh, they pay for their own utilities. And that way I don't get a, all of a sudden $800 water bill because a tenant likes to take showers seven times a day. Mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and it's those things, right? So this, this is how I think. And I've been doing this for 10 years. I've seen the the shift from uh, in the industry from re in rentals. We're seeing a very high uh, rents right now. We're seeing a housing crisis. We've got very low vacancy, and rents are just skyrocketing. skyrocketing. And I just remember when rents were actually $500. I remember when it was 535 for a two-bedroom in Brantford, mm -hmm. and that was plus, plus hydro, but everything else was included, and, and that's what you got. And um, now that same two-bedroom is 1100 1200 plus all utilities. Yeah. And so I've seen that spectrum and I've learned from, from, it, from the industry, learned from my own mistakes, and uh, now I can teach that to others who want to get into the business. And they can work with me or they can be more hands-off or they can, they can see what I'm doing and say, oh, you know, I'd like to learn more about the industry and they can work with me as I take care of their properties. Or they can have a more hands-off approach. It's, it's all up to them. It depends on the landlord that, that I'm working with. Some of them, uh, some of my landlords are, are doctors, lawyers. They, they're just like, here's a property, call me when rent is paid, you know, <laughs> and, and, and I just take care of the rest. Yeah. And that's fine. And then I got other ones who are like, no, you know what, Adam, I want to be like you. I want to own some por a portfolio, and I want to learn this business, and I want to learn it well. So they're, you know, with me when I make the decisions, and I show them why I'm making the decisions that I'm making, which in, in the end is to protect their, their long-term investment. I'm a long-term thinker. That's what real estate is. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. You're not going to lose your shirt overnight. If you stay at the long haul and you're smart, you take the right steps, mm -hmm. it'll take care of you and your family for many years to come. Yeah. Well, um, if people want to find more, if find out and reach it out to you, how, what's the best place for them to do that? 
Um, if they want to reach out to me, they can actually uh, check. Uh, they can Google me at, uh, or, or actually go to my website at adamkitchener.com. I just actually put that online. Nice. Um, and there's ways to contact me that way. Uh, I run a property management company. It's actually called Unlimited Residential. So if they go to unlimitedresidential.ca, they'll see uh, the website. It's got sections for tenants. It's got sections for owners. And then a bunch of uh, other information as well that kind of helps us separate us from the competition, I think. How many properties do you manage? So right now, uh, the portfolio is actually really growing very, very quickly. We're taking on a lot of uh, great new people. I actually just bought a property out in Ingersoll. I close on it in, in June. I'm waiting for the, the bank to say, yep, approval is done, but I'm, I'm very confident. So that uh, it's very quickly, quickly growing. Uh, I've got another client in St. Catharines. He's uh, just bought 20 townhomes, and so we're looking at taking on 28? 20 townhomes. Yeah, 20 townhomes. Um, and so it's, it's ever-growing, it's ever-changing, but at the end of the day, I want to turn this into uh, a, a good brand. I want to stand for quality, affordable apartments that uh, offer a different standard of uh, apartment living, really. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are moving away from home ownership. They're thinking, you know what? I can spend uh, all this money on a down payment, and then I got to deal with the plumbing and the roof and the, con uh, the the daily maintenance and all that fun stuff. Or I could just rent an apartment and just go enjoy my life. And that's also the market we cater to as well, mm -hmm. because a lot of millennials they just they don't much care for home ownership. They'd rather just rent an apartment and and go out and forget that mm -hmm. the apartment's there, or they just go out and enjoy. Yeah. And that's what I'm there for. Is I'm I'm there to protect their home as well. It's 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 not only the investor's home, but it's also a tenant's home. And so it's a it's a perfect balance. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of what I'm doing is I want to offer a brand that tenants know as a great place to live and investors know as a great place to, to keep my money to, to carry me through retirement. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's a great point to, uh, as we head into the next break, that's a perfect stopping point. Uh, so well done, everybody. Well done. Yeah, well done. So after these messages, we'll be right back. word to describe the Jennifer Campbell show, it would be authentic. There's nothing that is said or covered that I don't bring as much truth to as I can. That I simply have never put up with it. I get up every morning and I want to come to work at four o'clock in the morning. And it's never lost on me that there are people who might not be feeling the same way and maybe my job is to pick them up a little bit. And having local television really matters. I feel like even more a part of this community that I love so much. It's pretty exciting. Introducing the new Slice on Demand. It's a whole new world of entertainment. I'm so not ready. Hold on, back it up. Whichever way you slice it. These people would find drama in a monastery. Get more of what you want when you want it with even more of your favorite shows. <laughs> and catch up on all the latest episodes or binge full seasons. Hello? Get your slice of big personalities. Behave yourself. Watch Slice on Demand on Rogers Channel 100. Watch whatever, whatever. You people are crazy. I'm Constable Daryl Paquette, Police Coordinator for Waterloo Regional Crime Stoppers. Crime Stoppers is looking for your information to help identify and arrest the person responsible for this incident. Waterloo Regional Police are requesting the public's assistance in identifying a suspicious male who is reported to be looking into a private residence on Glamis Road in Cambridge around 10.15 p.m. on February 14, 2018. The suspect is described as a white male between 20 to 30 years old and unshaven. He was dressed in a dark winter jacket with a fur-trimmed hood. Crime Stoppers will pay cash reward for any information leading to an arrest in this incident or any other serious crime. You won't be asked to identify yourself or testify in court. Leave a tip with Crime Stoppers in one of three convenient ways. The toll-free number of 1-800-222-TIPS, a secure anonymous tip online at waterloocrimestoppers.ca, or by mobile phone at p3tips.com. Welcome back. Uh, this is Think Millennial. <laughs> I'm Ben. This is Matt. That's Dustin. That's Adam. Not Dustin Adam. Um, and uh, thank you guys for being here. We're in the, the last chunk of the show. Um, and we've covered a lot of topics, which has been a lot of fun. Supply chain, logistics, transportation, transport trucks, 
the human aspect to that. We've talked about property management, getting into real estate investing. Um, so both, thank you very much for, for being here with us. No problem. Um, thank and I you think for having us. We're going to take the, is there, first of all, is there anything else that you guys would like to talk to about before we kind of jump into our next topic? No? No. Anything? Beautiful. I'm oh, out of cool. ideas. I got okay, nothing perfect. left. This is, like, I'm this done. Is gold. I like yeah, it. We don't cool. have enough yeah. time to talk about all the fantastic yeah. things about logistics and supply chain. <laughs> Are you guys sports guys at all? No. No? No. no. Like sports? All right, I'm out of here. Go Leafs, go. Sorry. <laughs> um, Patty, get me out of here. Uh, Dustin, how can people get a hold of you and Rome Transportation Group? If you want, you can uh, type us in on Google, Rome Transportation Group, Rome Logistics. Yeah. Uh, you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn. Yep. You can send me an email. If you want to bring in a professional to be able to evaluate your business, maybe you're a startup or maybe you're a multi-conglomerate that you want to be able to keep some of your other people honest, mm -hmm. you, can reach out directly, you can reach out directly to me on my email. Dustin F at RomeTransportation.com. Mm -hmm. Reach out to me that way, and uh, we can explore some options and see if we can take your business from uh, zero to be the next billion-dollar company in Canada. Nice, <laughs> cool. Uh, and that's, uh, uh, that's Dustin with an a, uh, D and a, uh, Dustin uh, never with mind. an F. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin F <laughs> at RomeTransportation.com. Just for the viewers, just for the viewers, <laughs> yeah. making sure yeah. you know. Absolutely, you know. Trust but verify. <laughs> Trust, exactly, exactly. Um, so the uh, kind of the final thing that we're gonna we're gonna talk about is affordable housing, um, and we were talking about it a little bit before. Uh, do you want to start us off, Adam? I guess if you're gonna throw me into the yeah. into the ball of fire, here we go, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, as a landlord, I do believe that uh, affordable housing is important. I think uh, the price of housing, not just home ownership but renting, has gone through the roof. It's very expensive, and for me, it doesn't make sense for me to have overpriced apartments because if people can't afford to live there they can't pay their bills which means I can't pay my bills all landlords at the end of the day just want to offer quality apartments that tenants can afford mm -hmm. and so when you when the market does things that trigger spikes in in value it drives all of the costs up and it forces us to raise rents higher than than normal and and not what we want them to be at the end of the day, um, we're not looking to gouge anybody. At the end, uh, so what we need to really look at right now is supply. We need to increase the supply, and do everything that we can to increase that supply. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the recent things that, in my personal opinion, I can't say for these gentlemen here, but some of the recent things that have happened in the housing market have done the opposite. Rent control drove rent up. Uh, we need to incentivize landlords we need to incentivize investors developers to oversupply the market once we oversupply the market with apartments the prices of apartments will come down uh, and also the quality will also go up because right now there are uh, landlords who might decide to take advantage of a, a low vacant system and say well it's take it or leave it mm -hmm. and tends to take over leaving it because there's nothing else yeah. so if we can oversupply and increase that vacancy rate because we were adding so much supply to the market the prices will come down, the quality of apartments will go up, mm -hmm. and tenants will be able to live a lot more affordably than they, than they might be right now. Hmm. Wow. Cool. Yeah, we have, do have a huge issue with yeah. affordable housing, and it, it doesn't just, it goes from that apartment that's affordable all the way up until a fully detached home yep. is the problem. And because there's a lot of you know, the population, the older demographic right now, they can't really go into apartment or they don't want to move out of that apartment which means that detached home is just sitting there with one or two people in it where a family is looking to be go into a home like that but there's nothing available so they're stuck in their smaller house yep. so they're stuck in their smaller house that person in the apartment can't move into that house it's just a whole chain effect and it all starts with affordable housing mm -hmm. we we need to do more uh, the government needs to uh, build more and provide more incentives for, like I said, the developers want to build, they're just feeling restricted because at the end of the day, if it doesn't make financial sense, they're not going to do it. Mm. Housing is a business at the end of the day and we can only do what makes financial sense. Um, and that's what's happening is we're, we're raising our prices to take on the additional things that are coming our way. Uh, as a landlord, we're not uh, we're not big evil beings as as we are portrayed in the media. I'm actually a pretty nice guy. I mean, I think, exactly. um, yeah. right? So, you know, 
Despite what Dustin said in the break. Yeah. My yeah. goodness. That's and not true. <laughs> Trust and verify. Um, but yeah, no, the, the simplest answer is if we want more affordable rents, we need to increase the supply. How do we increase the supply? Uh, let's get rid of some of the regulations we've put on landlords in the last couple of years um, to help them build. Mm -hmm. If we can build more supply, we'll oversupply. Uh, it's, it's so they're not being allowed to build right now? No, we're not incentivized to build because there's rent controls. Um, before condos, they used to build condos and people would buy condos as investments. But now that rent controls kicked in, nobody wants to buy a condo as an apartment uh, investment anymore, rent out their condo, because at the end of the day, if the condo fees go up 20% and I'm only allowed to raise 1.8, what happens to that other uh, percent that I can't raise the rent? So meanwhile, the landlord's costs are going up like this and the, we're only allowed to raise this much. So we are always falling behind. And that's what happens when you, uh, you put in things like rent control. Now, the majority of landlords do not gouge. Uh, there was a couple very bad incidences of some very bad landlords back out in Toronto where they doubled the rents. Uh, they said, oh, well, your lease is due, we're going to double your rent now. And that's a really bad thing to do, that's bad business, but that was a very small portion, and those individual landlords should be penalized, um, or maybe go after those individuals directly. Um, but the rest of us are painted with the same brush, yeah. and uh, we, don't, we don't double our rents. We raise it just enough to cover the costs of inflation. Hydro's going up 25%, gas is going up 8%, uh, or wa water's going up 8%, gas is, well, have you filled up lately? Uh, that's yeah. why I don't drive pickup trucks. And uh, so, but yet a landlord's only allowed to raise 1.8. So somewhere the numbers aren't making sense, yeah. right? So remove the rent controls, make it easier for us to build, and we will build. Mm -hmm. You know. Awesome. Well, uh, I think we're just kind of wrapping up the show here. So, uh, Adam, do you want to talk uh, a little bit? Just say it again. How you people can find you? Absolutely. Your website. Yep. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, uh, thank you. And uh, you can reach me at adamkitchener.com. Uh, all of my information is there. If you want to check out my property management company, it's unlimitedresidential.ca. You can also reach me out there. And uh, all of, yeah, all my information is on there. Awesome. And Dustin, in about 10 seconds. Well, you can reach out to me directly on my email, yep. dustinf at rometransportation.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can type us in on Google. We have Facebook. Look us up, reach out to us, and we'll be more than willing to discuss and see what we can do with you. Beautiful. Thank you both very much for being here. We'll be see you next week. Thank you very much. Stay classy, Renford. Rogers TV viewer response line. Email us or connect with us on social media. This is Rogers TV. Tuesday. You do need painting. Those wacky improv artists are back. Theater on the Edge on Rogers TV. Two full-time moms on a mission to talk about everything parents deal with on a daily basis. Okay, so what do you do when your child has a meltdown? It's Vanessa and Melissa. You know how you and I talk all the time about my purpose? Sundays on HBO are the best night for comedy with back-to-back -back original series. First, new internet, new problems. It's a new season of Silicon Valley. Pied Piper is in free fall. Then, Bill Hader is a hitman with a passion for the stage in the new series, Barry. But what about you try to burn a guy and have him say, here's the guy from the chicken commercial. I don't know if I do commercials. Sundays starting at 10, only on HBO Canada. This is Rogers TV.
Hi, welcome to Guelph Life. I'm your host, Scott Fraser. Today's episode comes to you from the Property Link Management Head Office. We'll catch up with the President, Mark Roberts, a little later on. But first, it's Women of Distinction season, and as we prepare for the gala, organizers, sponsors, honorees, and TAPS participants all came together for an evening of soup making. Here's a look. The Guelph YMCA, YWCA every year honors a group of women who have done remarkable things in our community and this year we have 20 honorees that have been selected and they are here tonight with members of our TAPS program, so our Teenage Parent Programs, which is another initiative that the Y supports and together we're participating with um, Becky Hood, head chef at 39 Carden in her Soup Sisters initiative. So together we're making soup. We're making a soup to bring over to um, one of our shelters here in Guelph and we're cooking for the community and we're happy to do it together. And what a lovely way to get the women together so they get to know each other a little bit better before the actual celebration event in May. Absolutely. I mean, the, we call it the Women of Distinction season. We announced the honorees back in February.